Percy, let me ask, can a cancer diagnosis really change one's sense of being and identity? You know, Wayne, it can be a challenge. Yes, it, it certainly is easy for one to allow themselves to be identified by negative events and scenarios. And having cancer certainly can have an effect on one's self-image. Uh, I'd like to quote the late, great Dr. Miles Monroe, who once said, if you don't know who you are, somebody or something will assuredly tell you. That's true. So let's have a conversation today about how not to allow cancer to define you while battling this disease. Yes. We'll hear from a young mother who had to ask and answer the question of what kind of woman she was after body image changes due to her cancer. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. And welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We know him as Pastor P. How are you doing, Percy? I am fantastic. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Thank you, Percy. Okay, let's jump right into today's topic. What have you got in store for us? Well, we have another compelling conversation, which is our goal on this platform, as you know, to tell cancer stories, uh, real stories, authentic stories. And yeah. we're going to have that today of a, of a young mother uh, who battled breast cancer, but had to really contend with the dynamic of uh, her identification as a result of having some body image changes mm -hmm. uh, due to her, her cancer treatment and some of her surgeries. And she's gonna talk very candidly about her identity and how she had to redefine herself in the things of God through the word of God. So it's going to be a very interesting conversation. Yeah, the interview to come with Percy is one not to be missed, so please don't go anywhere. And thanks for hitting the play button, by the way, on this podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this podcast and reviewing this podcast online. That's always very, very helpful. Uh, as we get started here today, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to ask listeners to just simply submit their questions to us. And what, what guidelines would you uh, would you put on that, Percy? Well, of course, the, the objective here is to create as much engagement and interaction as possible. So we, we thought it would be interesting to allow people to submit questions to us. We've been asking you, you know, uh, to answer questions that we have submitted to you, but now we want you to submit your, que your questions to us. And within the context of either being a cancer patient uh -huh. or supporting a cancer patient or providing service to a cancer patient as a, a healthcare professional or whatever, we want to hear your questions around the mental, emotional, and or spiritual dynamics of what your cancer journey facilitated for you, challenged you, what you learned from your situation of being a cancer patient. We want you to submit those types of questions. We're not here to answer medical questions per se. You need to go no. talk to your healthcare professional for that. Right. But anything relevant to your journey as a cancer patient or a caregiver, uh, we'd love for you to submit some of your questions. At some point, we'll be able to read some of those on future shows coming up. Yeah, we will read everything that's submitted to us, but we'll actually choose some to be used here in the program. So if you'd like to contact us, just go to this website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Connect, and you can type in your question there. We'd be delighted to hear from you, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Dot com. So that's uh, that's one change we're talking about here today. But another exciting change is, Percy, that you were asked by folks at Abide Meditation to record a specific prayer meditation for just cancer patients. Isn't that right? 
Yes, sir. That is correct. That that abide meditation prayer has now been recorded and can be immediately accessed free to download through Abide's mobile app by sending a text on your mobile phone and type HHI to 22433. Again, text to HHI 22433. And you'll make a, uh, a reminder of that later on in the show, Wayne, as well. Very exciting. Okay, now let's open with a word before we turn to our guests today. Yes, and I've read this scripture before, but it is so appropriate for today's conversation. So with that, hear it again for the first time, as one of my pastors used to tell me, and that's Acts 17, our spiritual nugget. And we're going to read verses 26 through 28, and it reads as follows. From one man, he being God made all nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Though he is not far from any one of us, verse 28 is our operative verse. For in him, in God, not in our bank account, not in our status, not in our job description, but for in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are God's offspring. And today, this is going to be pivotal with regard to the conversation that we will have based upon the fact that a young lady had to really come to terms with her identity of being as a cancer patient that she had to resolve through the word of God. All right. And we'll hear that interview in just a moment as you stay with us now for Health, Hope and Inspiration. We are excited to announce that Health, Hope, and Inspiration and Abide are teaming up to make a premium subscription of Abide's mobile app free to the HHI community. Abide makes Bible meditations delightful. You can learn to meditate in five minutes a day. Rest peacefully with Abide's Bible-based sleep stories. Text HHI to 22433 for your free subscription. Quiet your mind. Relax your body. Text HHI to 22433. Once again, text the letters HHI to 22433. We believe you will be blessed and encouraged. Well, let's hear this testimony, a powerful word from our guest today here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Recorded earlier, here's Percy. Well, hey, 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 it's me, Pastor P, and I'm back. And today we have Sonia Ray, who is a two-time breast cancer patient with no evidence of disease. She's no longer actively treating for her cancer, uh, treated at Cancer Treatment Centers of America uh, in Atlanta. And she's a mother of two. She's a stay-at-home mom. Uh, She has started her own non-for-profit organization to support uh, people and women uh, with cancer. And we're just going to talk about so much with this lady. She was diagnosed originally in 2011, and then she had a recurrence in 2018. And today, she's going to get behind the mic and uh, give us her tremendous testimony. She's a woman of faith, and uh, she's full of energy and power. And I'm excited to have you here with us today. Welcome, Sonia. How are you doing? I am so excited to be here, Reverend. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share my story. Oh, man, it's it's really my privilege. And of course, I've had the opportunity, as I do with most interviews, to get to know you and, and kind of get your backstory. And there is, there's lots to be said. Uh, but I do want everyone to know that um, you helped write an article uh, for Cancer Treatment Centers of America that I want to encourage everybody to go and find. It's called Four Supportive Pillars 
I lean on as a cancer survivor. And I'll make sure to enclose the link and embed the link in the show notes so that if you're looking uh, to read that and see that, it's it's very helpful. And you lay out four supportive pillars that you leaned on. And one of the pillars that, you know, we're going to highlight and talk about is the fact that, you know, you leaned into your faith, which kept you centered. And we're going to talk about your faith and what it means to you. But before we do that, let's start back at the beginning, the day that you first heard that you had cancer. How did you feel and where were you? Where were you and how did you feel when you heard the words, you have cancer? I was sitting in my dining room table and my doctor called me on a Friday evening. Mm. And you know, on your caller ID, that if you see a doctor calling on a Friday evening, the news are probably not going to be good. So my husband and I sat at the table, put the speaker phone on and I heard the news. Okay. And so you get that news and, 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 you know, I've heard that news, you know, I'm a three year cancer survivor myself. And, uh, and so I know what it's like when you hear those words, you have cancer, you hear that, what goes through your mind? What immediately ran through your, your being when you heard that, that you had cancer? I think fear wants to take over, you know, but I was very conscious to lean on my faith. And I ran to the Lord. Um, I say my husband runs to Google, ran to Google. Uh, But I I ran to the Lord and I leaned on my faith to be able to walk this journey. And of course, you were a young woman when you were diagnosed with cancer. And I think it's important to note that we need to have everyone begin to be more aware and conscious of doing their diagnostics in, in some cases. And of course, having breast cancer, I know that uh, self-examinations and, and uh, you know, all of the things that will help us to be proactive at the end of the day. You you hear this news, you find out you have cancer, uh, you, you ran to the throne, your husband ran to Google, as you said, <sighs> and, and you start your treatment and your care. And of course, it's important to note that, uh, and one of the things that you shared with me is that uh, through your period of treatment, you had eight surgeries, you did chemotherapy, radiation, uh, and surgery, uh, you know, you had a, a double mastectomy. And one of the things that you shared with me is you said that you, you lost your hair and you also, you know, removed your breast. And one of the things that you said that that became a, a dynamic that you had to work through was dealing with what kind of woman am I? Talk to us a little bit after losing your hair, uh, losing your breast. And I know my wife, uh, how much she loves her hair. And I can only imagine the day that her, you know, she no longer had hair, how she would be emotionally impacted. Let's talk about how you re-identified yourself uh, as a woman in God, despite not having hair and not having your breast because of surgery. Absolutely. So I was 34. 34. And, you know, I know they have a set of guidelines, but we know our bodies. Yeah. And if our bodies is telling us something, we need to be our own best advocate mm. and press in. I did have to tell one of my doctors, um, I can't, I'm not leaving until I have a mammogram done. And then of course we found out it was stage three. Good. So my cancer was so aggressive that I had to um, go in and do about a year and a half of chemotherapy. And I ended up having a lumpectomy. The pathology report was not good. So I had to go back and do a double mastectomy. Okay. And um, without reconstruction, I just, I I wanted them off because of the aggressiveness of the cancer. Mm -hmm. So I go into surgery and um, I have my double mastectomy and 
I had to find my identity because sadly in our society nowadays is so sexually driven, so visually driven uh, mm-hmm. with all the social media and everything that's going on mm-hmm. uh, that we are portrayed a certain image of what a woman needs to look like. Right. And then I found myself looking in the mirror bald and breastless after having my hair down to my waist. Mm. Um, again, a young woman at the age of 34, and it was hard. I would look in the mirror and I didn't recognize the person looking mm. back at me. So again, I had to go to my faith and find my identity in who God created me to be. Who am I in him? Yeah. Regardless of hair, regardless of my physical appearance, I am still Sonia and I am still created with a plan, a purpose and a destiny. And one of this, these, these plans and purposes was to create uh, this non-for-profit organization. There was five other women and I, we all co-founded mm. this foundation to help the ones coming behind us. And of course, that, that organization, just so that we can list it, and I'll also place this in the show notes, is called Harbor of Hope Incorporated. And uh, we'll, we'll list out how people can reach out to you, uh, help donate to this cause. It's, a, it's again, non-for-profit, and you are financially helping women. You are mentally yes. as well as physically. I think you said you have like a boutique-type dynamic in helping women work with through the image dynamics that you just mentioned, which is very important and I think very needed. Absolutely. And, and not only that, sometimes, many times, insurance-wise, uh-huh. they will either pay for a prosthesis or they would pay for a reconstruction. Well, in my case, I was not ready for a reconstruction. Yeah. But I was some organization was able to donate a prosthesis. So when I was ready for reconstruction, I wouldn't have problems with the insurance. Okay. So all of these are free: prosthesis, wigs, hats, scarves, uh, drains, pillows for surgery. All this is stuff that we provide women that are walking the journey. That is awesome. Um, and so- of course, we share Jesus as we give them these things because it's just it's not just the physical that's part of it there's emotional there's spiritual there's financial there's there's so many areas in this cancer journey that need to be covered and that's what we try to do and with that so let's transition into this and I want to set this up this way because you shared an, an well you shared several amazing stories with me before we started recording but one of the things that you shared with me talking about your faith and, and the importance of your faith, and again, going back to the article that you helped to contribute to write, leaning into your faith kept you centered, is that you said you had a dream that that helped you kind of be prepared for what was coming down the road. So let's back up for a second. Let's talk about this dream that you had with a, with a Bible scripture that, that you said really prepared you mentally, emotionally, and physically Uh, and spiritually for what was coming down the road before you actually started all of the in-depth treatment and care that you received? Yes, I I had a series of of dreams. And on the third time of that dream, I just woke up very, very sad and heavy and crying. Mm -hmm. And as I'm going downstairs to do my quiet time and my prayer time, I just, out of that that sadness, I just said, Lord, all I want to do is see my kids grow up. Yeah. And I go downstairs and I open my Bible and I begin to read right there where I open. It was Psalms 128. And I get to verse six and it says, may you live to see your children's children. I mean, I had just prayed that a couple of seconds before. And that's why I find the word of God so comforting because in a moment of need, 
you know, it is alive and well, mm. and it brought me comfort. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks later, let's keep in mind, this dream was before I got diagnosed. Right. A couple of weeks later, the Lord gave me the same scripture again. To me, I took that as a confirmation. And I said, okay, Lord, you're giving me the scripture again. Something is coming, but whatever it is, I'm going to make it through because I'm going to live mm. to see my children's mm. children. Mm. And then about four to six weeks after that is when I got the diagnosis. Wow. So, and that encouraged me when I heard those words, it took me right back to what I had read. And that was the, the word that I stood on when the enemy wanted to come and, and tell me things in my mind, because I believe the mind is the battleground of the enemy. I would audibly you know, with the word, use that weapon and come back at him. No, I'm going to live to see my children's children because that is what the Lord gave me to stand on during this season. Well, and of course, for any woman and any mother, I would imagine that in the back of their head, the, the dynamic is, listen, Lord, I want to live for my kids. I want to see my kids grow up. I want to I want to see them get married. I want to see them graduate from high school and college and, and have grandkids. So that is an amazing, uh, I believe, spiritual encounter. Uh, and an affirmation uh, again of the Lord telling you, "Listen, I, I got your back. I'm, I'm with you, and 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 we're going to work through this." And of course, uh, then you start your treatment and your care. As we talked about earlier, you're a two-time uh, breast cancer patient. You, you know, you you go through that first you know battle, and you know, and and everything looks good, sounds good. I think you told me you you were at the five-year point, and then you had a recurrence. And, and that shook yes. you, that, that shook you a little bit. And it caused you to kind of ask some additional questions. Let's talk about it. Uh, yeah, I was actually so excited. I had made it past the five-year mark because that's what they consider the magic number, right. five years. Right. And uh, I was actually seven years out. Wow. And then I heard um, the words again, you've had a recurrence, you have breast cancer, um, recurrence. And this time it truly shook my faith. Mm. The first time I'm like, okay, Lord, we're going to do this. We're going to go. We got it done. Get so excited. My faith was with me all the way through. The second time I'm like, what happened? Did I hear you wrong? Did I miss you? Yeah. My faith was shaken. I asked the Lord a lot, a lot of questions, mm. even though I had already seen his hand mightily work through the past seven years and what he had done, yeah. this really shook my faith. But there is no other source or nowhere else that I have gone or tried to go that has been able to bring peace mm. and joy and comfort than being in the presence of the Lord. So even though my faith was shaking, I went right back to the feet of Jesus. I went right back to my faith, yeah. to the word. That's where I found comfort. That's where I found encouragement. And he, he would talk to me and minister to me and, and speak to me in so many different ways that I knew he had me again. Right. And this was just part of expanding the testimony of a bigger testimony. And now, you know, I'm, I'm four years out. I was actually told um, in 2018 mm -hmm. to go home and put my things in order. Yeah, yeah. And that promise comes right back. Yeah. You know, okay, that's what you're telling me, but... God said, I'm going to live to see my children's children. And that is my story. And I'm standing on that. <laughs> and I'm moving forward on that. Yeah. And, you know, um, they also told me I was going to be in chemo for the quote unquote rest of my life. 
And um, so grateful to my oncologist who was willing to work with me and wean me off. Okay. And it's been almost two years since my last chemo. Well, praise God. Well, yes. I, and I know that, and, and I think it's important for people to hear because sometimes a journey of cancer is not a quick journey. It's been 11 long years of a journey for you. But the other dynamic that I think is important with regard to everything that I've heard from you and about you is the fact that you also made the decision uh, to get a second opinion. Uh, you know, you started out in one direction with with one group of doctors or several group of doctors, then you changed course. Talk a little bit about, if you will, the importance of feeling empowered uh, to have a second opinion or get a third opinion if a person feels that that's important for whatever reason. And we're certainly not here to bash anyone for any, but sometimes the relationship doesn't feel right. The energy doesn't feel right. Or you're just not comfortable with a course of medical direction that someone may be recommending. Right. Talk a little bit about being empowered and having enough courage to say, I think I need to do something different or I need to go somewhere different at this point. You know, I, I go back to the word advocate. You are your own best advocate. Yeah. And sometimes when you can't really think that far or make those decisions, I'm so grateful for caregivers. Yeah. Because in this case, it was my husband, my amazing husband, who kept on pursuing that second opinion. Shout out so, to Mr. Ray. Way to go, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> he is one amazing guy. Um, so, yes, I think it's so important, especially with this diagnosis. Um and there are so many more options now, even from when I started in 2011 to now, so many new things have come out yep. uh, as far as treatments and, and, and preventions. Yes. And we know so much more. So if, if you feel something is not right, then go get that second Go get that third opinion. Amen. And to be honest, I really believe most doctors are very encouraging about that now, too. Yep. So absolutely, you are your own best advocate. Go for it. And so with that, with the little time that we have left, we, you, you know, you're a mother, you're a wife, you're an advocate. You know, you've started your own non-for-profit with a couple of other ladies. You have been through the fire, through the flood, as the song would go. Uh, you know, 11-year journey, uh, two bouts of cancer. Uh, breast cancer, and you're standing tall to declare, you know, you had a dream that the Lord shared with you uh, that that assured you that that you were going to see your children's children and, and you're still here. What is it that continues at this point to drive you and keep you hopeful? I want to help women coming behind them wow. and show them the hope that we have in God. Yeah, yeah. I don't see how you can do life alone, much less face this news this size mm, alone. Mm -hmm. But knowing that God is right there with you. And, you know, it's not only the cancer journey. In the midst of me battling cancer, I have children yes. that have their own issues Correct. with either a disability or, or other things. Life is still going on, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's not just one thing. It's a lot of things. But one of the scriptures I love is that, you know, in this world, we will have trouble. We'll have tribulation. But he has overcome the world. So when I want to get all worked up because of everything, all the challenges and the problems that are coming about, I run right to the feet of Jesus and I lay it down. And I have learned not to pick it back up. 
I really have learned to trust the Lord. I have a history with him. He has done too much for me not to trust him when I face the next challenge. And so in closing, what's what's one thing that you would say to someone, a young woman that may be listening, who is just being diagnosed or has just been diagnosed? What's one thing that you would leave with her today based upon where you have been? You've been there. You've got that. Yeah. You know, you've got the T-shirt to prove it. You know, you you know from which you t- you speak of. What what would be one thing that you would say to some young woman or any woman that's listening? It's it's funny you said you got the T-shirt because I actually do have a T-shirt that says two time two time cancer survivor 2011-2018. So I do have a T-shirt. Literally, you know, I I would tell her you can do this. Mm. There's so much strength in you that you have no idea. Mm. And then the last main thing, trust him. Trust the Lord. He will see you through. He will help you. Well, what I appreciate about your story, because I try to be balanced on you here, is the fact that you are a huge woman of faith and your faith is vital and is crucial and it's critical. But you also allowed yourself to engage with the medical community and believe in a medical process and you combine both of those forces together that allowed you to work through this process. And I thank you so much for, first of all, deciding not to leave planet Earth, to stick around (laughs) because you are a breath of fresh air and we salute you and celebrate you today. And uh, I want you to see your children's children and I want you to celebrate life to the fullest extent. So thank you today for sharing your story And I think that we're going to come back and we're going to do another segment with you because I know that there's so much in your toolbox, so many things that you'd like to talk about. But for this segment, we want to end here and say thank you to Sonia uh, Ray. She is a two-time breast cancer patient. Uh, She has had an 11-year cancer journey after eight surgeries, uh, chemotherapy, radiation, the whole bit. She's been through all of it. She is still here to declare that God is good and that he is good all the time and that she's alive and well on planet Earth. Thank you, Sonia. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend. All right. Let's stay in touch, okay? All right. What a real, honest conversation today we've just heard, and we're going to talk about it with Pastor P in a moment. If you are concerned that you or someone you love may have cancer, consider reaching out to Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, for personalized diagnostic services. Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, is a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers that treats the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, or contact a member of the team with questions about your diagnostic and treatment options. The number is 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. You can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. We got a healthy dose of inspiration today from (laughs) Sonia Ray here, our guest. I just want to say, Percy, we'll have her back for part two of that interview. Yeah, she's going to help uh, unpack some things uh, with regard to her orientation from a cultural perspective in talking about cancer in her community. So it should be very intriguing indeed. I really appreciate how open she was with you. Well, you know, what's interesting, Wayne, and you often ask this question of me, where do I find these people? Where do I get these stories from? You know, once 
uh, cancer patients are are made comfortable with the idea of there's a platform and an environment for their story to be told. They become very transparent and they really want to kind of give you great insight to where they're located and their journey and their experience. And that certainly was the case for Sonia. Yeah. Uh, she has started Harbor of Hope now, which is uh, it, it's got to be a great way to reach other women who are going through what she went through. Yeah, she feels like it is a way for her to give back and to serve uh, her community and, and serve people uh, and other women uh, with with regard to the mental, emotional, and even physical dynamics of, of having cancer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's a great organization. And we're going to place all of that information in the show notes for people to Good. be able to reach out, contact, maybe donate some resources. Uh, they're a non-for-profit, so they can certainly use some support and help. As she continues to spread the good news of cancer, in many cases, is beatable, treatable, and survivable. This is something that's very difficult to deal with in life, and I'm so glad that there's some help here. There's some hope here, because this has got to be just devastating to go through what she's gone through and yet come out with the Lord's help uh, in a very positive way. She had the Lord's help here, didn't she? She did. What's interesting that she expressed the fact that even before she was diagnosed, that she had had a series of dreams that that she believes prepared her for receiving the news of being told that she had cancer. And of course, one of the focuses as a young uh, mom and woman, uh, the scripture that she said that came out of her dream was Psalm 128 and 6, but basically said that, you know, she would see her children's children. And so she hung on to that, that claim and that promise from the word of God that she got through a dream that she was going to see her children's children. So she continued to fight and believe after being told that she had, she had been cancer free after the first uh, battle of five years. And then I think it was six or seven years later, then she was diagnosed again with breast cancer. So she's been through quite a bit. You know, she said that after being bald, and breastless, you know, she had mm-hmm. to really reevaluate her wow. identity and who she was as a woman. And it was mm-hmm. very intriguing. It yeah. was. I smiled when she talked about how she reacted versus how her husband reacted. <laughs> <laughs> it was very interesting. She said he, her husband ran to Google, but then she ran to the Lord. And so uh, with that being said, you put those two together and they yeah. came up with a game plan. Yeah. And so she's doing great today and she's out inspiring other women as she, she is, she has no evidence of disease. She's no longer acting treating her children are older and so she is pursuing that which she believed god has set before her and yeah. that is life and all that comes with it isn't it just like us men though to run and try to do something right away we got to fix this well you know we think everything is a nail so we think we just grab a hammer so with that being said <laughs> absolutely so she she said no i went to the lord first and uh, so obviously she's been able to be equipped and empowered to move forward and thank God that she did. Great lesson there for all of us. All right. Well, as I said before, uh, if you just stay with us over the weeks to come, you'll hear from Sonia again here on the program. And believe me, she's got more wonderful things to share. What a oh, great yeah. perspective. We we've, we've have much we can learn from this woman. Well, one of the things that is important that came out of her conversation, she talked about so much was being an advocate and being your own advocate. And she told her doctor that she was not leaving the office until she got a mammogram. Uh And lo and behold, her, her instincts were correct that she had cancer. So, yes, so much to learn from, so much to be empowered by. Uh, with this woman's story. And I'm just grateful uh, that she's alive and well today to tell everybody that, you know, good things have happened after being diagnosed at 34 years of age. Yeah. All right. Well, now let's uh, circle back on that scripture that you started the program with. And uh, it has, uh, it's bearing new fruit, I think, in our minds, isn't it? 
Yeah, it should it should really kind of come alive to us because again, what we heard was a woman who admitted that being bald and breastless, she had to really evaluate, you know, uh, what kind of woman she was, if she was still a woman at all, and what did that mean? And so with that, she said she dug into the Word of God and she allowed the Word of God to help identify and reestablish her. And Acts 17, verse 26 through 28, gives us a foundation by which to stand on in that regard. And it says, From one man, he, being God, made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. 27, God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, which is what Sonia did. Yes. In her time of trouble, in her need and in her despair, she reached out to God to establish who am I and what am I? And God reinforced that to her. So she said, God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from any one of us. For in him, and this is the operative verse, in God, we live and move and have our being. I like to say it this way, uh, Wayne, who you be. I know that that's bad grammar, <laughs> but it's good gospel. Hallelujah. It sounds great. <laughs> it does. Who you be. Who is? Where is your being being established? For her as a young woman, having lost her breast and her hair, she had to redefine herself, not based upon those things. So it says again, for in him, in God, we live and we move and we have our being. And thank God that Sonia did that. So today we want to encourage everyone that to please reestablish your being. And you can ask this question, who do you be? Mm-hmm. Who is, it, is your being based upon your bank account, your social status, your, your educational background, your social political uh, environment? Or is your being being established in, through, and by who God is to you and for you? And when times of trouble comes that tries to challenge your identity, we then can rest upon the foundation of who God says we are or who we be. (laughs) And at the end of the day, we can walk confident in that and work through any challenge and circumstance as Sonia did with her cancer journey today. Thank God that she found her living, her movement, and her being in the Lord. Praise God. All right. Well, after we've heard from this woman here today, you may have a question. And if you want to submit that to us, as we said at the top of the program today, we would be happy to receive your questions. You can. We're not asking the questions this time. We're asking mm-hmm. you to submit your questions to us. And if you'd like to do that, go to healthhopeandinspiration.com, click on connect and type in the question. We'll read them all and maybe use yours on the air. We'll see. Uh, One more thing I haven't mentioned yet today is our free resource, Your Life Belongs to God, Not Cancer. You're the author of this, right, Percy? That is correct. And so how fitting for today's conversation, because what happens, obviously, for many people, uh, cancer can try to overshadow everything in our consciousness. And so we wrote this resource with the intention to help people to be reestablished in the fact that your life does not belong to cancer. It belongs to God at the end of the day. And so there's a lot of helpful tips on how to reframe your thinking and keep you into a mental and emotional state of understanding, again, that your being belongs to God. He is the creator and sustainer of who we are. We have been fearfully and wonderfully created in the image and likeness of our Lord and our God. And so this resource will help any cancer patient who may be struggling, if you will, with having cancer trying to overtake and overshadow everything about their being and their life. 
that we can reverse and turn the tides on that. So download this free resource, use it, send it to other people and allow it to continue to reinforce the fact that your life belongs to God. It does not belong to cancer. This resource is available right now at this very moment at healthhopeandinspiration.com. All right, that'll wrap it up for this time, but we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for reviewing this podcast. And most of all, thank you for sharing it with other people. Percy, we'll see you next time. Yeah, in the meantime, while you are being, remember, we've got to keep chopping the wood. We've got work to do. So until the next time, we love you and we're praying for you. God bless. Thank you for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific need. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.